Welcome to Accelerate OC, the only show focused on the people leading innovation in Orange County. Join our host, Carrie Ransom, in his conversations with the trendsetters, entrepreneurs, investors, and leaders here, because it's time to Accelerate OC. Good morning. Welcome to Accelerate OC. I'm Carrie Ransom. It is a beautiful day here in Orange County. And uh, just want to first say thank you to our engineer, Paul, for making me and my guests always sound so good. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by my friend, Jeff Martin, from Collective Genius. Uh, Collective Genius helps build high-performing teams for venture-backed growth companies and VC firms. And particularly, I like Jeff's offering. It's called Peak Planning. And at this time of year, and uh, I'm sure Grant's probably thinking about this with his leadership team right now, uh, 2020 is just around the corner. We're in fourth quarter, and peak planning is offered as a facilitated offsite leadership session where Jeff and his team will produce a bunch of follow up tools to help with focus, accountability, and alignment. And so, if you're interested in uh, meeting Jeff or talking to him more about peak planning, hit me up and I will be happy to introduce you. I am super excited to have my friend Grant Van Cleve here today, and before we get to hear about his amazing journey and all the wisdom that he can share around investing in startups and leading them, as well as his thoughts on Orange County as he has been all over this community for the last many, many years, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about Grant. He's currently the CEO of a startup here called, and it's growing quickly, so moving beyond startup phase even called Buy It Installed. And Buy It Installed is an exciting company because they have found a, a great opportunity to automate the process of what, the way I would describe it, of getting a professional installer to the consumer around a purchase that requires it. A lot of the things that we buy, especially online or in stores today, are complicated. Think of the, the trips that you make to the, the Best Buys or Lowe's or other big retailers, and Byte Installed will help match an installer to help you get that put together. And I'll, I'll let Grant share a bit more uh, as we get along and how he got involved there. He's also the chairman of the Board of Governors of Tech Coast Angels, and Tech Coast Angels, as many of you know, is the premier angel investor group in the country. They've got over 400 members across the five Southern California chapters, and prior to being the chair of the Board of Governors, he was also the president of the Orange County chapter and has been what I believe to be the most prolific investor in that group in the last several years as well. Uh, and so I would say active is an understatement. And again, I'll let him share how many investments, boards, and advisory roles he's currently managing as I can't even fathom how he does it. Grant is such an inspiration to me and to many of us here who are really working to build a more inclusive, open, and connected innovation community here in Orange County. Uh, he shows up that way. He lives that way every day. And I just find him to be such an authentic leader. And I always feel like any group that he's a part of or conversation he's involved with is better or enriched when he's there. And so I'm so fortunate to have him here today. Grant, thanks for joining us. Honored to be here. Well, let's get to the starting line. Uh, let's talk first about Biden installed and how you got involved with it. 
Uh, I was one of the earliest investors. Uh, been a handful of family and friends before that, but Todd Banity, the founder of this interesting company, had gotten to the point where it was ready to come out of the garage and uh, it had some contract interest from clients and started it. He just looked up on LinkedIn, searched for mm-hmm. angel investors in Orange County, mm-hmm. with, had some things in common with him in some level, and he reached out and I got involved as the uh, first quick angel seed investor, then I led the next round, then I joined the board, and then eventually we were on a search for somebody to be a co-executive with him, and uh, to my surprise, ended up coming off the sidelines and joining the company. And is that that's the first time, I believe, that you've done that here with one of your investments, is that correct? correct. Yeah, I've been an operating uh, entrepreneur mm-hmm. leader in the past, sure. but for the last for five years before that, I'd been just an angel mm-hmm. uh, and board member, as you mentioned, but been active in the ecosystem, but not not uh, working for a single company in a day job. And what was it about Byte Installed that really prompted you to, as you said, come off the sidelines? Because I think that... Yeah. Uh, I, I saw a, a situation like that yesterday, and my first question always is, uh-oh, is the company in trouble, or <laughs> is it just such a big opportunity that the the investor really wants to be there for, for that participation? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question, and it is kind of bifurcated, good double or nothing, mm-hmm. and in this case, it was the double. Yeah, I, I'm involved in a lot of companies, as you said, 68 investments actually at the moment, and I always say sort of apologies to the rest of them who are great mm-hmm. and there's some great returns mm-hmm. and uh, amazing things happening. But this was the one that was most likely to become a unicorn. It was Orange County based. It was really tapping into a giant market. And the more I explored it, the more I realized mm-hmm. the market was even bigger than I thought. And the founder had 30 plus years of expertise in the space. So it wasn't just a, mm-hmm. I had trouble with installing something. So I decided to create a company. It was a guy sure. that understood the ins and outs. So Mm-hmm. And I got to be a fly on the wall with some of those client meetings, which mm-hmm. has also inspired that sense that the, the market need is not just there, but it's a deep hunger, a desperation for a solution like this. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, is great. Yeah, great advice. So, so update us on where the company is at this point. So the company has raised uh, $18 million. So it's, it's, as you mentioned earlier, it's beyond startup. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a good bit of traction that's gone into that, product development, and a good quality team built towards that. It's, um, yeah, I, I mentioned that fly on the wall, that sense of customer interest. We do not have trouble finding people who identify the need. They mm-hmm. don't just need to serve their customers with a do it for me. That's the opposite of sort of DIY, do it yourself. Half the customers out there really do want a solution like this, and it needs to be done in a seamless, painless, uh, efficient way. And the alternatives just aren't working. Silicon Valley's alternatives are just matchmakers, and they actually need mm-hmm. so these large companies need somebody to be more like an outsourced service division to just take care of that whole process and guarantee the experience through and through. So, yeah, the the biggest companies out there are pretty sure we're the best solution out there now. So now we're in that process of going from it's the right product and <clears throat> working on that product in a sandbox with a few customers to now going live with with significantly larger ones. So we have some really great enterprise customers, but it's still early stages in that actual growth with them. Mm-hmm. But the, mm-hmm. the level of optimism is really high. The sense of market appreciation for it is like uncanny. That's great. Well, and, and 
I mean, you you mentioned the enterprise customers. You know, I, I've spent a fair bit of my career in, on the enterprise side as well, and it, it seems like when they're going to sign up for an out, effectively an outsource service partner, yeah. that's going to be pretty full service. That's a significant process to yes. make that decision to implement that decision versus selling a a SaaS tool to a division of a an enterprise customer where the the sales cycles have shrunk so i'm guessing that these are going to be very very sticky customers but it's going to take a while bingo yes you identify that exactly it's okay. it is the the movement from interest to wow this is exactly mm -hmm. what we need goes remarkably fast and yes. that creates that enthusiasm mm -hmm. but then all of those next steps to actual adoption and implementation and integrations and even dealing with other mm -hmm. you know vendors that might be being supplanted by mm -hmm. this keeping trying to keep everybody happy is just slow sure. but once in yes with the anticipation it'll be very sticky so so what have you learned again a couple other questions about this and then i want to talk about uh, a lot of your investing uh -huh. and, and board work but what have you learned about this process that you feel like is you know helping you either build the company better or, or even evaluate other startups more effectively because you know that that sales cycle is is something that often i find isn't maybe anticipated yeah by, and uh, I was, by an entrepreneur yeah I, w I would it's interesting we zeroed in on that right away mm -hmm. and i probably would have come to that same conclusion to the i mean same answer to the question you were asking that that initial enthusiasm and then that confidence on our part and the client's part that it would be sticky when it goes creates that motivation, that inspiration mm -hmm. on both sides, that fundraising ease that we've had. But that in-between slowed, almost dead zone at times mm -hmm. um, is hard. It's, it's hard on the morale of the team. It's hard on investors who are asking for certain things at a certain mm -hmm. time. And to get that more approximated would have helped. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, I don't know. I'm not sure there's a way to avoid it or sure. even dampen the enthusiasm for the sticky end and the excited beginning. But I think as coaches, I think we can be working with entrepreneurs to help them understand, to really work on those timelines, mm -hmm. at least understand it, that that's probably going to come. There's going to be a time delay there. Sure. Yeah, I think that's a, a great learning and something certainly as you look at go-to-market strategies for other companies that you're yep. advising or, or considering investing in, just making sure that is as well understood as possible. And I, I've had some other folks in in your seat who have built companies and, and some of them have started with that first enterprise customer where they've kind of built it uh, or co-created it in partnership. And sometimes that can be really, really valuable, early revenue, early validation, but um, in other cases could lead you to believe there's signal when there might not be additional signal in other places, right? So there's those yep. sort of, you know, potentially challenges on both sides. So the the other question I had, uh, and I, I often like to ask this, is how can the community be helpful to buy it installed at this point? We uh, we certainly are, are trying to build a, a more activated audience and, and community here in Orange County, and I applaud you for building the company here, but how can we help? It's a good question. I mean, I've because of my own... I guess, involvement in the investor community and the excitement. Uh, investors see that same mm -hmm. initial enthusiasm that I was describing from the clients. We haven't had uh, challenges in raising funds. I mean, it doesn't mean it just you know, sure. grows on trees and easy, but I've, I have a lot of companies I work very hard to get 
that first million for mm-hmm. them, and that we've had multiple millions on, you know, more a story than an actual revenue. Uh, current existing strategy has meant it's been relatively easy, but I, I think we're at that inflection point where we're actually, this is going to be one of those that takes a solid Series B round and mm-hmm. goes big or goes home, you know, and that's 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 a little bit of that no man's land mm-hmm. for us down here, which is what you know we talk about on other fronts sure. is having outside sources, maybe even outside the community, or comes ones in the community come off the sidelines and say, this is one of these real big potential winners. Let's get behind Let's get it behind at it. that next mm-hmm. stage. And that's that's not my stage as much as the earlier ones are. Sure. That's a good, I think that's a good call to action to pull pull some of the, the folks in to, to really take a hard look at what it could look like to do a I'll call it an Orange County party round to really support <laughs> yeah. uh, Biden's health. So we'll uh, we'll take that one offline. But that that could be a, a great um, story to to potentially develop and and cover here later. Appreciate it. Yes. So let's go under the hood a little bit and focus on your other work that you were doing <laughs> prior and 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 still continue to. And, and as I mentioned earlier, I I would guess that you've been the most prolific angel certainly in Orange County, if not in all of Southern California in recent years. Uh, what tell, tell us, our audience, about you know, what got you started there and, and what, what that journey's been like for you. Sure. I'm, uh, I'm an unorthodox story. So, I mean, the quick answer is that this, from a dollar perspective, this mm-hmm. is money that's being reinvested from real estate. Mm-hmm. So there is wouldn't be the only one that would have access to capital that Mm -hmm. was gained through real estate in Mm -hmm. this turf. Obviously, Mm -hmm. there's a strong real estate market. But um, I had done real estate as well as incubation of a bunch of nonprofits, as well as just always helping friends get businesses off the ground. They just had ideas. I was always fascinated by what they were doing. But I never I consider that more of a hobby, a a barbecue conversation, Mm -hmm. and then a little bit of a checkbook ability to write some you know, help them, pat them on the back with some investment sure. as well. But that combination of the types of things I was incubating, including the real estate, it wasn't buying and selling buildings and refinancing for cap rates or improving mm-hmm. the management process. It was actually creating things from scratch. Uh, had a lot in common with the startup world here. Mm. And that informal things I was doing was a good fodder for that. And even a lot in the nonprofit world. I don't know if you've, you know, you read some of those uh, books on you know, leading nonprofits and things about creating vision, about creating mm-hmm. teams, mm-hmm. about camaraderie around something other than that paycheck. Sure. A bunch of those things converged where people were saying, Grant, it's not are you a nonprofit guy or for-profit guy or are you a business incubator or are you a real estate guy? They just say you're a startup guy and you're a multitasker. Mm-hmm. And there's a crowd that does that. So they introduced me to the angel investing crowd through Techost Angels, through Octane, and I just said, wow, these are my people. Mm. They're people in that sense of interested in that same space, but there's also uh, just a very interesting pay-it-forward kind of mentality. I've yes. heard that in a number of your uh, Accelerate OC podcasts from others mentioning that, that sense of saying, I want to invest into it, and yes, that might create opportunities to invest and make dollars too, but I'm going to invest in other ways at first. Mm-hmm. So I love that heart in the people. I love that sense of community we had here in particular for it, and I just encountered some great companies early. So that inspired me to say maybe I would be a multitasking early stage investor. And then within that, I met another serious angel, a guy out of San Diego who said, you know, this becomes, goes from a good, interesting thing to do 
you know, with decent returns to actually a good career if you take it seriously, mm -hmm. meaning get good at it. Dive in, learn how to do diligence, uh, spend time investing into these companies in other ways, you know, dig in, learn those details, and you can actually, you know, turn that into a career, not something you do on the side. So I, I decided to jump in head first, had some resources to invest, mm -hmm. had time at that stage of my life. And that mixture of the type of the work, the type of the people that I was doing it with, and then that opportunity to make it a good, uh, deep, long-term investment was was a good, an interesting challenge, which proved to be a good one. But yeah, I dove in head first for sure. That's great. Well, uh, you mentioned that you, uh, I think, have earlier have 68, 68 uh, yeah. investments. Uh, so how many of those right now are active? Uh, what what's been the the success rate thus far that you can tell because it is, you know, it is a portfolio mm -hmm. uh, process. I certainly haven't gotten to that number. I'm, I'm uh, into double digits, but uh, not yeah. nearly at that level. But, you know, there is, there's a lot of data out there that says you need to have into that size number to really take it seriously like you have, yeah. um, you know, share with the, the group sort of what, what you, what you have seen sure. thus far. Yeah. So, yeah, the math in general on a macro level, yes, diversification helps because you can get, when I said you can get good at it, take mm -hmm. it professionally, that's so you can get, you know, a couple more doubles instead of just singles and mm -hmm. an occasional triple. But the home run or that grand slam is probably going to come somewhere that you didn't expect it. Sure. So that's where diversification, diversification comes in, that you are investing in things you think make sense. You dive in with enough diligence to make wise investments, at least eliminate some obvious deep red flags. Um, but beyond that, you really have to follow each other, follow the lead of others, get in enough things, because the one that really takes off is probably one you didn't understand. So that combination does lead to that breadth. I don't think that you need 68. Um, usually they say about 20 is a decent number. Mm -hmm. And those that are doing... You know, in the Tech Coast Angels world, over 20 years, we've been in 400 companies and have a 27% IRR on that. Not everybody's in all be. of those things. Mm -hmm. It's not a fund, but that puts us in top tier returns as sure. an investment class. You know, those that had done that and invested at a deep enough level to get in a decent breadth of those are experiencing some really healthy returns. Mm -hmm. So um, I've seen the beginning signs of that. I've been at it six years. Uh, 14 investments have resolved themselves, eight died, six had some return, mm -hmm. three of those just barely returned the money, and three of those have made some uh, serious return, as high as 31x. That's amazing. So that's already kind of coming close to carrying the portfolio mm -hmm. with another 50-plus that could resolve Still. themselves mm -hmm. positively. But you kind of consider them all a write-down sure. from day one. You're getting yourself out of the hole, and then you start to make the positive returns on it. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, at least I wasn't crazy. Uh, yes. Didn't throw it all away. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a cost of uh, education, right? We, we all is. invest in our education. And sometimes uh, in a world like this, I've, I've definitely uh, invested in some education along the way sure. with some of the startups I've been involved with and try to really learn. And um, so on that topic, as, as you think about diligence and the, the entrepreneurs that you've met, have you found a, a couple key areas that you tend to really focus on when you're doing your own uh, or group diligence? I mean, I would say the in general, the answer is it follows the literature on teams, on mm -hmm. playbook, on whatnot. Um, I'm pretty sure that the 
entrepreneurs that really change the world are really half crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so part of my tolerance for risk isn't just the financial return versus the time of the investment, because I'm not just an angel investor, but I'm even early within the angel mm -hmm. uh, realm, pre-seed and even, you know, sure. back a napkin, send them a check to get them to their first trade show kind of investments. Um, but I think there's a, a risk side to it, too, and even picking your entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that that's probably bifurcating that a little bit. It's a grand slam versus a failure, and you could probably find some singles and doubles, consistent people that know how to build core businesses and, and things. But um, there's a level of grit that's involved. There's a level of just plugging the ears and saying, I don't, I'm not listening to the naysayers around me. Mm -hmm. There's... Uh, a sense of just picking uh, something that's truly game-changing, I guess. And maybe as I think about it, that's part of the story for me. It's not just an investment class. It really is changing the terrain mm -hmm. through people who courageously believe they can uh, make a difference. Sure. And it's almost a nonprofit side to that, you know, going to go instill something that doesn't exist in another country in a poor setting and just build something mm -hmm. out of nothing. I think that's what we really do in the kind of entrepreneurship that gets me out of bed mm -hmm. and it happens to be that there's a pretty good track record of you know some crazy returns being associated with some pretty uncanny ideas and sure. oddball people doing it so sure as you've done this more what what do you feel like made you a better partner to some of these as you said uh partially crazy uh certainly courageous yeah. founders well, part of that would be identifying with it. And I mean, I even I referred to a bunch of nonprofit things I've done. I even lived in the country of Albania in post-communist mm -hmm. Europe right after the wall had come down, mm -hmm. living without. I was actually having a breakfast this morning with a friend and, you know, about to get married and going through some of those early issues related to finances around that and all that. And I just said, you know, there's some grit that's developed through that sure. living through some adversity together Absolutely. I was recalling those early years with my wife in some you know really challenging settings but we were able to look back after some years and see that we built and created some incredible change there so I even if I hadn't been in the same trenches uh, tech entrepreneurship in Orange County there were some pretty interesting things in the background and I, I guess I think if you talk to a lot of the entrepreneurs that I'm coaching more actively, that I'm on their board, they'd say, great business insights, good, you know, thanks for patting me on the back for being courageous. But they'd also say there's a lot of life coaching that goes on mm -hmm. to this as well. And I probably spend half my time that I, I do spend with the entrepreneurs just checking in on how things are going on a deeper level in their lives as mm -hmm. well. Because I don't, you know, good we want them to work hard, good we want them to have that deep grit. But if they blow up their marriage in the process... Their life is a wreck and my investment's a wreck. That's right. So I can look them in the eye and, you know, excuse my maybe intrusive questions mm -hmm. by saying I've got to protect my investment. But I actually care about the guy's yes. soul. want to find of out course. what's really going on in there. And, and I think they find that strange at first. And then afterwards they call back and say, could I get more of that? Mm -hmm. So there's a, a holistic approach to, to uh, entrepreneurship that's a little bit more than just the business coaching. Absolutely. Uh, and that that's a topic I, I wish we could spend more time on today because I, I think I feel like as a community, we're, we're just scratching the surface around things like mental health and mm -hmm. identity and that the more that we can view entrepreneurs as full humans and they aren't their business, even though as investors, we often want them to be obsessive sure. about their business. There There is a 
uh, a balance there that has to be found. And I think coaching, mentoring like you do is so important to help them maintain some of that perspective that I, I believe ultimately probably does deliver the right return on investment too and that they they've got to stay whole through it somehow yep yep good words so you've got you just talked about albania i feel like you have a really good global perspective on a number of things but you mentioned you know living in eastern europe you've traveled a lot as i know you went to school on the east coast but you you know you chose to live and really focus your attention here in orange county and you know, as a transplant myself, who's really committed to planting the flag and trying to make Orange County as great as we can, in your world or your mind, Grant, what is it about Orange County that you most appreciate? That's a really good question. I, uh, I, I have to be honest, I didn't come thinking that I had a deep vision for mm-hmm. Orange County. It was a practical thing where family mm-hmm. was based and mm-hmm. where there were some decent opportunities to, uh, you know, get by if nothing else while the kids went to high school and college but I've it's surprised me um, some of that is I'm a bloom where you're planted kind of guy mm-hmm. I just like let's just make the most of this and some of it is I'm a big tent guy so I'll just want to make network and you know mm-hmm. get more people involved in things and that creates some camaraderie which creates some excitement and I can kind of have a good time anywhere but I I think there's some interesting things about this time and place for Orange yes. County and some of that, I was listening to Richard Sudek's interview here, too, that we've you know been pretty actively involved in getting the cove going there and promoting it, but a some sense of a tractor beam that brings together resources, a sense that those resources say we want to be brought together. It's not competitive. You know, we can talk about that we need more VC sure. money, but there's not also so much VC money that they're just chasing to get in on yes. deals. So there's a... Definitely a lot of back-scratching, sharing of things. When you hear something interesting, it circulates among people. So there's a possibility to do more uh, with less here, which is very invigorating mm-hmm. for me personally. And that, that pay-it-forward me- mentality is contagious. And I think there's also some trends overall, which have been identified on the show of, you know, people are tired of the prices and the traffic and whatnot in mm-hmm. Northern California, the... Uh, just there is certainly a better lifestyle here. So I'm enjoying that lifestyle. I'm at a stage where that's pleasant to be a part of it, but I also realize that can be attractive to others. And the cost of coders and the cost of living and whatnot should, and the number of programmers that are being trained in the universities and that money that's on the sideline that could be invested if we can attract it to come off the sidelines. You know, we've got all the ingredients for this to be an amazing story Mm -hmm. and well, heck, I'm committed to it anyway, so I'm always going to make wherever I am That's right. a better place. But I think this could become a great investing climate. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. And you know, after 15 years, I actually feel like we're we're probably at the highest potential that we've ever been, and uh, mm-hmm. it feels closer yeah. to being the, the the energy and the momentum really starting to to build. So I I, I feel so encouraged. You know, you, you mentioned. Uh, that the, the pieces are here, you know, as you look at um, any areas of, of density from an innovation standpoint that you're particularly interested in here, um, how do you describe sort of those innovation pockets of, of Orange County to, to others who ask about it? That's a really good question. I, I guess I think of it more in terms of the accessibility to any such pocket one would want. Like, mm-hmm. 
travel-wise, it's close to get to one thing or another. There's a, I don't know, hipster Costa Mesa just sure. next to Newport Financing, just next to Irvine Innovation. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that combination uh, from a, a, a geo, uh, geographic perspective or the geography of place. But innovation particular focuses, I, I think, again, that's been fairly well-worn. Uh, mm-hmm. sectors that we have had areas historically let's go all the way back to aerospaces which maybe aren't triggering as much now but there's something and medical devices which we're in mm-hmm. and out of but always at a certain level games which kind of start here and then move elsewhere but then the next games start here cyber you know sap's hannah house and their mm-hmm. innovation center down in newport saying that they located there because there's more machine learning professors at uci than anywhere in the world like didn't even know that but um, it's exciting. Those things are going to have yeah. to start triggering, but I just think that I think entrepreneurship is more in our blood than we realize. So those in th- this county, in this county. Oh, so sure. yes, it might have been immigrants that are just starting their first dry cleaner, or is these big companies which now we think of as corporations, but they all started mm-hmm. in these waters entrepreneurially. Okay. So I'm not as focused on particular sectors, though. I think it's great that Octane has a particular conference on a particular thing mm-hmm. like ophthalmology. Um, but I, I, I want to just get more people thinking and daring when they come out of college mm-hmm. or when they are ready to step off that corporate ladder and jump into, to not actually need to fit them into a particular category mm-hmm. of innovation here. That, that they can pursue whatever yeah. good change the world opportunity yep. they might see. Yep. Yeah, that's exciting. As you think about the community and, and this evolution, what are the things you think the community can do better? Well, the community, uh, we, we touched on it a little bit, and I think it's still worth reiterating. There is more capital mm-hmm. out there to be deployed. I think the capital is uh, less informed about what ventures like. I think there needs the community needs to come together with some leadership around uh, new forms of funding so that people do come off of those sidelines. Maybe it's time for Grant to teach a class. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there, there are people involved in it, and Carrie, you're in front of me, are a key part of that, both on the fun side and on teaching and on coaching and just being a, a part of those events. I think there's more people that I, you know, it's ironic that I would be considered like a professional at this and they'd be like newbies and nervous to enter, but I just, you know, waded into this turf, you know, but mm-hmm. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I think there's a lot of people with a lot of insights that need to dare to sign up. Now, they do. There's a decent list, both at Fullerton, I've heard, and at Irvine, mm-hmm. of people who are experts in residence that are mm-hmm. ready to be tapped into. But I think they've got to be a little more proactive than yes. that. I think they've got to join the groups. They've got to show up at the things. They've got to mingle with the people at the cocktail parties, go to those lunch and learns and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think there's some active ways to get more people involved, and they'll find that. There, there's massive skill base here. And I think there's the right attitude among people to want to give back in some yes. way, which then will lead to an opportunity to dive in, you know, professionally into mm-hmm. it as well. Mm-hmm. That's great. So I talk a lot on here uh, in several of my episodes about this idea. I and mean, my, my aspiration is that we as a community really try to create unfair advantage for mm-hmm. entrepreneurs here. I mean, what imagine what it would look like to, to see people leaving other parts of the country and coming to Orange County or the people here with that entrepreneurial zeal know if I do it here, I'm going to have a better chance to succeed than anywhere else. Um, as you think about buy it installed, what, what are the things that you feel like we could do to help you create unfair advantage here? 
Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, to put it at that level, I'm like I'm trying to think of like, mm-hmm. don't consider us a second best. Like we're okay here because yes. we know that you want to live here yes. in terms of schools, weather, mm-hmm. entertainment, yeah. uh, the ability to do all of the above all year round and whatnot. And all the more so that now it happens to be that some other places that are worse to live cost more. Like right. great, okay, yes, we're okay on that. I think that I'd love to see. I was actually at. Uh, uh, real estate investment seminar and somebody was talking about the need to think about real estate in a way that actually attracts technologists. Mm-hmm. And I think there is some things happening on that, but I think we need to create more clusters of places that are more interesting to actually spend time at in the same sense in which you know, one of our the large international technology companies that has a satellite campus here d- uh, started it specifically just to help a particular business group develop. But over time, they took more and more space because they had more and more families mm-hmm. from their Silicon Valley or elsewhere offices saying, I'd actually like to I'd start like to raising that. my mm-hmm. kids in an area like that. Is there any way I can work remotely? And they want to make room for that. So that that crowd's ready to come. I think we advertise that at a, mm-hmm. at a bigger level. And then I think a little bit of, of work in terms of creative, you know, some of the central Orange County, Santa Ana's, Oranges, Fullerton's, Costa Mesa's, which actually have a bit more of a vibe to them, mm-hmm. I think will attract some of the younger millennial crowd. You know, those it's, it's more a, an issue of compensating for a couple of perceived weaknesses that mm-hmm. were the stale suburbs here. Sure. But if we could be a little more than that, and then be a, a happy stale suburbs for a few that do need it. I think we need mm-hmm. to balance those things a little bit better to get people to want to live because they're already inspired to do it. Sure. And if they have to pop up to a job or to a, a leader, some funding sources in L.A., L.A. is already growing, but they're mm-hmm. already getting sick of L.A. Uh, traffic. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're the land of, you know, convenience down yes. here and better weather and better beaches and better everything else. So Let's I th- build better I, I, companies. There you have it. So, Paul's giving me the the time sign over here, Grant. Uh, I could I could sit here all day and, and chat with you. I always feel like we have such rich, exploratory conversations. Uh, one of the things that I always ask my guests to do as we wrap up is to really share that lasting piece of advice or key lesson that they've learned. So, what's the particularly today? I think a lot of the people that listen to Accelerate OC are curious about fundraising. So. Let's focus in on that, if that's okay. What, what's the biggest piece of fundraising advice you'd give to early entrepreneurs here in Orange County? Biggest fundraising advice. This is going to sound a little self-serving, um, but I, I do say this when I'm asked as a panelist in something, that that earliest stage of funding is, is harder than you think, and that's, not, mm-hmm. that's apart from those issues that we have about you know maybe some later stage venture capital needing some more funds here. I think there's plenty of people that still come in with an expectation either that they've heard from LA or Silicon Valley or just their own perception that early stage valuations should be really high. Mm -hmm. And I think there's, there's gotta be a lot of camaraderie, um, open discussions about value of early stages with earliest investors. I say self-serving because that happens to be the space that I'm in, but I have a lot, a number of ideas that have died on the vine because they stuck to their guns Mm -hmm. on what they thought the company was worth. And actually they need to just get going, get that momentum, and then it can rise appropriately, grow Mm -hmm. into it just fine. But I I don't think you, I, I rarely encounter situations where they really miss that extra percent or two they gave away at the beginning. Yes. 
Um, and they, and I know a lot of people whose ideas stalled and didn't get to that next level. Mm-hmm. I do believe in, you know, personal sacrifice and getting involved yes. and I, not big on debt, but I get the concept of maxing out your credit card, showing your own personal motivation uh, around the cause. Stretch it as far as you can before you take that money, but but it's not a bad thing to take early money to get going, mm-hmm. especially if you find the right partners in that. Yes, great, great advice. Grant, thank you so much for joining today. It's an honor, I, uh, as I, said. I really appreciate all, all that you do in our community. Um, thanks for sharing both your investing and and company leadership wisdom, and you know, more importantly, thanks for leading by example here in our community. I mean, you, you just have such authenticity and integrity with how you do it, and I so appreciate the heart you have for the entrepreneurs out there. You are definitely doing your part to accelerate OC. You've just listened to Accelerate OC. Join our live recordings every Tuesday morning at AccelerateOC.com or listen, like, and share anytime from your favorite podcast spot. Let's Accelerate OC together. 